It's Friday. Is it that time of the week again? It's time to get your together. Let some music play. You are listening to Get Fresh. Do you want to learn to put action behind intention? Then it's time to get fresh with your podcast host, Jules Black. 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 Hello, ladies, and welcome to this very special edition emergency 911 podcast. Um, I know it is not Friday, and I know this is a little bit different, but there's just too much to say. And I really was about to do, I feel like, an hour long update on my Instagram stories. And then I was like, you know what? No. I'm just going to turn this into a podcast um, and put all the information here because I want you guys to be able to access this if, you know, you ever need to in the future, if you're going through a similar situation. So um, this podcast is going to be a little bit long and I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of backstory on my personal PCOS, insulin resistant hormone issue journey. I'm going to tell you everything that I can tell you today that I know right now. And this is, you know, could change. This is just what I know today. So this has been a long time coming. I have a lot of really great information to share. So I'll just kind of go through the agenda with you. I'm going to give you a little bit of background on my weight struggles from the time I was a child. I'm going to give you um, kind of all the way up through um, my diagnosis, how I got the diagnosis. I'm going to give you kind of my PCOS insulin resistance backstory. Then we're going to transition into my new current information, any current diagnosis that I have. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about my appointment, my consult that I had this morning with um, the Plastic Surgery Center. So that is what we're going to do today. As always, let me start off with a little bit of a high and low from the last week. So my high is that I just got back from St. Louis. I got invited to one of the Say Yes past member um, weddings, and it was stunning. Every single detail was amazing. Victoria is her name. Shout out to Victoria. You are beautiful, Victoria. I can honestly say I've been telling everybody I know how stunning you were and how beautiful that wedding was. I got to meet um, six, seven um, of my Say Yes girls. A bunch of the other girls were invited to the wedding as well. We stayed in a really cool Airbnb. They threw me a little impromptu bachelorette party. It was really cute. Um, And it was just really special and a really good time. And I, I'm like sad it's over. I'm like, okay, I need to like find something else to look forward to now. So that was my high. My low is that things have just been a bit high stress. I'm going through yet again, another transition period with my schedule, with my routine. And so with that always comes some growing pains and figuring out, um, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so that always just kind of throws me off a little bit when I go through those periods of time. So let me get right into the rest of it. So back when I was seven ish, I started to get BO body odor. And again, I was seven and my mom was like, okay, well, let's take you to a doctor and see what's going on. Um, and then, um, 
I started getting body hair. Basically I was going through puberty and I did, I went fully through puberty. I had like little boobs. I had all of it except for my period. And they ran a bunch of tests on me and they did MRIs. And the only thing that really came back from that was that my bone age was three years ahead of, you know, where I was supposed to be. So I was just growing faster than the other kids. And that is the only thing they ever mentioned about it. And I'll kind of get to my thoughts today on that. But um, so that's what happened. I never really thought anything of it. I never even bothered to mention that situation to any doctors or anything in my adult life because I just didn't think to, right? So um, so yeah, they, they had told my mom during that time that I was going to be four foot nine and four or four foot eight. And I was going to get my period when I was eight years old. And I didn't. I didn't get my period until I was 12 and I was going into seventh grade and I am five, eight and a half. And so, but the thing is, and the thing that I think is kind of strange looking back on that is I was being, being treated through basically until I was 21 years old by the same doctors. And so I do, I am curious to know why they never circled back to that. If that's what they thought was going to happen to me, then why wasn't that what ended up happening? And why didn't they look further into it? If, cause it is strange that I did never get my period. Right. So anyway, so moving forward, by the time I was eight years old, I was on Weight Watchers for the first time. I put on a lot of weight during that time, during all of, you know, that, that transition of, of, you know, going through puberty with all of those hormones and, um, I struggled with my weight and definitely developed a very unhealthy relationship with food. Um, I was always told I was an emotional eater. Um, I actually don't know that to be true. Looking back, if I'm being completely honest, if I had to kind of self-diagnose myself, if you will, I would actually really consider myself more of a social eater. Like I find that when I make my worst decisions or when I'm eating my most poor, it's out of like social routine, right? So um, I don't know in hindsight, but regardless, I definitely was told by everybody around me that I had issues with food. There was definitely a lot of attention on me regarding food because of my weight. And I never felt like I really ate that bad or that I really ate all that much. And so I think just having all of that attention on me regarding my weight from my concerned parents, my family, my doctors, it really made me like super hyper aware of food. And I think that really was what created my poor relationship with food. So that continued. I mean, I was always a really active kid. I was playing sports, usually multiple sports at a time. Um, I was a ballerina. Sorry, I was, I just looked over. I apologize for the interruption, but I just looked over and I was um, doing a little recording of this and it looks like it, it um, stopped recording. So um, let me fix that really quick. Sorry guys. Um, that was really strange. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this for the YouTube recording, but we'll see, we'll pick up where we left off. So, um, I was always playing sports. I was always the biggest kid in my grade in height and in weight. Um, I really struggled for a long time. 
So that continued through high school, through college. Um, and when I got to college, um, so by the time I remember as a freshman in high school, I was playing competitive volleyball year round. Um, I was very active. I'm talking three hour workouts at a time. And I weighed 165 pounds. Um, I was a C cup for anybody who wants to know during that time. Um, and I was, of course, I thought I was so fat. And of course, looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much good time by being stressed about my weight during that period of my life. So um, really struggled through high school, kind of gradually put on more and more and more weight. It kind of came on really slow through those years. But um, I do remember I have a journal entry. I wish I could um, pull it up, but, and I've posted about it on my Instagram before. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. So bear with me, but first diet was in um, third grade. I was eight years old. It was Weight Watchers, um, the old school Weight Watchers, you know, and then um, by the time I was in fifth grade, I remember I was about 125 pounds. And I remember writing in my journal, I'm 125 pounds. I'm so disgusted with myself. How did I let myself get here? And oh my gosh, it broke my heart to read that. You know what I mean? So at that point, my mom and I went on quick weight loss, um, that program, if you're familiar. Um, I ended up losing 20, 25 pounds. I think it was 25 pounds. Um, I was around 100 pounds. I think I ended up being 105. So it might have been 20, 20 pounds. Um, and I remember like wearing a size 11 jeans. I had these like gold pair of jeans that I wanted to wear so bad. They were a size 11. And I was just huge. I was just way bigger than all the other kids and bigger than my teachers even sometimes, you know, and it was really, it made me feel really different, you know, and it just was so apparent to me that I was always different and that really affected my confidence. You know what I mean? And I was just like, no boy will ever like me. I had a crush on all these boys. They, they didn't like me back. Like it was just a really hard time for a kid to go through that. So struggled with weight all through middle school, definitely did Weight Watchers a few other times during middle school. Um, so like I said, by the time I got to high school, I was playing competitive volleyball year round, was 165. And by the time I graduated high school, I was 197 and really unhappy with the way I looked and the way I felt. And so during that summer before going to college, I really dedicated that summer to changing my life. It was the first time in my life that I actually didn't do a diet program. I said, okay, I'm going to make three changes in my life. I'm going to cut out mayonnaise, which I don't know why I thought that was like something that really needed to be cut out. I guess I was eating a lot of mayonnaise during that time. I cut out, um, not cut out, but I very, very much limited my bread intake. I didn't do anything with like pasta or anything like that. Like I remember I was eating whole wheat pasta during that time. I was definitely still eating that stuff, but I remember specifically that's when I got into the habit of scooping my bread out of my sandwiches, scooping my bread out of my bagels, things like that, so that I could still enjoy the things I liked with a little bit less of an indulgence. So I started doing things like that. And then my last thing was increasing my water intake. Um, I don't think I was drinking all that much. Maybe I, I think 65 ounces was my goal. And that was a really big improvement for me. And I really cut back on 
my diet Coke intake, which I know I talk about is like my just like totally guilty pleasure, like thing that's really hard for me to quit. Love me some diet Coke. So those were the changes I made. I ended up losing again, 20, 25 pounds during that time. I ended up back to like around 180. I felt amazing. I was in incredible shape. I was doing shout out to Sean T. I forever love Sean T. I was doing his insanity program. Um, and I really, really responded well to, to that stuff that I was doing. So I went to college and I started feeling a little bit less motivated to continue with, with being done with the insanity program. It was like, okay, great. I did it. Now what? So I decided to run a 15 K terrible idea for myself, by the way, I just am not a runner. And when you just know something about yourself, like it, it just is fact, like not even like a limiting belief or something you've been told your whole life. Like I don't enjoy running. I'm not very good at it. I'm not fast. I, I just, it's not my thing. Right. But I was like, let me push myself and let me challenge myself to run this 15 K. So I did that and I made myself so miserable doing that that when I crossed that finish line, I can pretty much say, I don't think I stepped foot in a gym for maybe a year, honestly. I was so miserable. I was so just like burnt out from all of the training I was doing for that race. And really around this time, I started having personal things happening in my life that were really weighing me down. And I started to go through for the first time in my life, a really, really nasty battle with my mental health. And once that happened, you know, if you're somebody that struggles with mental health, you know, the last thing you want to do is take care of yourself. And in my case, it was a little bit of like what came first, the chicken or the egg, because my body is so sensitive to just anything. Like I am really, really good at gaining weight and I always have been. So it was like, okay, now my activity level is significantly decreasing for the first time in my life. I'm sure my diet wasn't as diligent as it had been. And I started to put on weight really, really quickly. And that didn't really help with my mental health issues either. And so Really, I went through that struggle through college really heavily. College was really the first time I feel like because I was on my own and I was living on my own and I was an adult. And so I wasn't relying on my mom or my family to be like, oh, we're doing this all together kind of thing. Like it had kind of been that way through my whole life. So it was really on me. And I felt really a huge sense of shame in myself of how did I let myself get here? I don't understand. I had stretch marks all over my stomach. I looked like I'd been mauled by a bear. I barely have any pictures from this time because I was just so ashamed of myself. I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I would get out of the shower and I would turn the other way. I would not look in my full length mirror that I had. I'm pretty sure I even got rid of the full length mirror for a while. When I tell you I was ashamed of myself, it really... I hated myself. I didn't like the person that I was on the inside. I didn't like the person that I was on the outside. And to be honest, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there was definitely like clinical anxiety going on, but if I had to self-diagnose myself, like I love to do, I really think I was quite depressed during that time. So um, I ended up joining Weight Watchers and this is probably now my junior year of college and I'm really frustrated. I think I'm around 270 at this point. 
Um, again, when I went into college, I was about 180. So I'm now about 270, 280. And I join Weight Watchers and I also start working with a trainer. I hire a personal trainer. She was a small group trainer. Um, she, <laughs> oh gosh. So <laughs> this is, this is a whole nother like section of my story right here. Okay. So, um, I'm joining, I've joined Weight Watchers. I'm doing really well with my diet. I'm eating very healthy and I'm working out with this trainer. I think it was four times a week. Um, and it was really tough workouts. Like it was, it was tough. And there were only like three of three or four of us in each class. Like it was very, very hands-on and personal. And I ended up, um, at this point it was 2017 because I was working my internship. I had just started my internship in a different town, which was about an hour away from where I was in school. And I had started that internship full time. And so I had gone to the trainer and I'd said, Hey, you know, I, can you work around my schedule? Can we do something super early in the morning? Can we do something a little later? And she was a little bit like not willing to work with me. And so it made it a little more challenging for me to get in there. And basically what ended up happening. And honestly, I was so ashamed. I never even like talked about this. And to be honest, I hope that she's listening to this right now. Like this was probably one of the most hurtful things that, that happened to me on this journey. And she called me, um, while I was at work and she fired me as a client and she didn't ask me, she never said, what's going on with you? Are you okay? How can I motivate you? Like, let's get you back in here. It was just, we've been working together for eight weeks and you've lost five pounds and you're not serious and I don't want to work with you. And that was really, really hurtful because for me, it was more than a coach. For me, it was, she was the person that was supposed to believe in me, right? Just as much as I believed in myself. And so for her to give up on me, which is point blank, what she did, she gave up on me. She didn't give me a chance. She just said, nope. That was really, really hard. And that was, I mean, that just set, honestly set me into an entire separate spiral, which was a little bit out of character for me because when things happen, typically I'm like, well, I'll show you, you know what I mean? And this was just like, I'm going to roll over and die. I am miserable. She doesn't even believe in me. Why should I believe in myself? I was going to Weight Watchers. I was following the program. I was tracking every single thing that was going in my mouth and after, you know, whatever time with that, I lost, I don't know, I would lose 0.2 a week, like every single week. And it was like, yo, I'm like almost 300 pounds. Like I should be losing weight and I'm not. And finally the leader who funny enough had been my leader a couple of different times throughout my years in Weight Watchers at all different centers. Um, she was at the center in the, my college town and she had lost a hundred pounds. And I remember I was so inspired for, by her and her journey. And I was just in awe that somebody could even lose that much weight and keep it off. I'd never met anybody that had, and she had come up to me and, and she, I was crying. I cried a lot during those meetings. Oh my gosh. I was very much the youngest one in there and very much the teariest one, just because I was working so hard and seeing nothing. And she finally came up to me and she goes, you need to go to the doctor. And I said, nope, I'd rather stay fat. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And I quit Weight Watchers. <laughs> I was so terrified of going to the doctor and getting any answers 
that I held myself back. And I still can't quite put my finger on why I was so adamant about not going to the doctor, but I definitely had a lot of, again, I had a lot of shame. I'd been constantly, every time I went to the doctor, my entire life, my weight was the topic of conversation. And it was always, you know, what are you doing wrong? And you need to be doing more and not, Hey, like, I believe you that you were an, you're an athlete and you're still struggling with your weight. Let's maybe see if we can figure out why it was never that it was just, you're not doing enough. And so I felt like it was my fault. How could I have done this to myself? I mean, just so much guilt and I could not face the music. I was like, I, the last thing I want is to go to another doctor who's just going to not believe me and tell me that I'm not trying hard enough and send me on my way. And so, um, in addition to that, I had a sick dad, a really sick dad. And I was, that caused a lot of really, really intense medical anxiety for me because my dad was diagnosed with MS at 30. And so I'm like, I I feel like I was very hyper aware that they could tell me something that would be life altering. And I did not want to know, even if it could save my life, even if, you know, we all know early detection on anything is it can be a lifesaver. And I did not want to know. And so I went on for another, um, let's see, that was 2017, 2018 went by 2019 finally hit. And I said, okay, going to get my butt into a gym. I joined a gym. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get it together this time. This is the time I'm going to finally do it. Um, and, um, I started my weight loss Instagram. So became say yes to the fresh January, 2019. I had like 50 followers. Then I was following maybe like 50 to 75 girls. Um, and I ended up getting into a car accident in late February. I was not able to work out after that for like a few weeks. And of course, you know, when something happens like that, it gets, it, it threw me off my game. And once again, I was right back to where I started of, I, I can't get my life together. I could not get myself to go back into that gym. And, and so I fell off again. I found myself stopping logging into my Instagram account and I disappeared. And I had a couple of people that reached out to me during that time. Shout out to Georgia Beth. She was definitely someone that I specifically remember during that time being like, yo, are you good? Where have you been? And I remember I logged back in to that account in um, September, which I'm kind of, um, I'm, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me back up just a hair. I got engaged in um, June of 2019. And even then I, I was really like, I wanted to change and I wanted to do it, but I could not force myself to, to be motivated to. And I think I, you know, was kind of like dipping my toes and working out here and there, but again, I would, I would do it and I would see zero results, not just on the scale, but in my pictures and my measurements. And it got so discouraging. I quit. And I don't fault myself for that because let's be real when you are literally like a hamster on a wheel and you're just going, 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 and you are getting nowhere. Who, who could sustain that long-term? Who could choose the hard thing for that long and with seeing no results and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this even though I don't feel better and I don't, I'm not seeing any results. And, and that was the thing. It was like, nothing was happening. It was like, 
I still felt like crap. I still had no energy. I still just was not right. And it never occurred to me, Hey, maybe something's wrong. I just was living in this like state of I'm a failure. Right. So, um, then came late August. I got an Instagram message from someone. Um, I'm sure I was on there complaining about something with my weight and someone said, you know what? I really think you should go see my doctor. And I'm, I don't know why I'm saying someone, let me shout her out. She deserves a shout out. Summer Gardner. Thank you so much for changing my life. She took the time. She let me call her on the phone and she talked to me about her entire story about being diagnosed with PCOS and insulin resistance. She goes, I'm not a doctor, but you sound really similar to me. This is who I went to. I really think you should go. Okay. So of course, another month or so went by and I didn't go because I was t- I was scared. And so finally I was like, I'm buckling down. I'm going to do insanity again. I've done it before. I can do it now. Um, at this point, by the way, my weight is in the three hundreds. Um, I was like, I'm going to do insanity. I'm going to drink a gallon of water and I'm going to clean up my diet and write every single thing I'm eating down. Okay. So I did that for two weeks. And I gained seven pounds over those two weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm calling up that doctor. I'm getting an appointment. So I finally called her up. I went in. I was nervous as hell. She was so sweet. She sat down. She took as much time as I needed. And she just let me go to town. And I went in there with my scroll. This is what I've eaten. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And I gained seven pounds. And when I got on that scale in her office, I was 306 pounds. And I was just so discouraged, ready to throw in the towel and desperate for her to tell me something was wrong because I just couldn't help but feel like something was, it it didn't make sense, right? It wasn't normal calories in versus calories out. Great. I was doing that. So why was nothing happening? So she took the time. She listened, she nods. And at the end of the appointment, she goes, you are textbook insulin resistant. I'm going to check you for it. I'm going to run your blood work, but I'm already telling you, I know what's going to show up. You are textbook. Okay. So if you're not familiar with insulin resistance, I'll explain it a little bit. It is basically pre pre diabetes. Okay. I got diagnosed. She ran a blood panel on me called you ready for it. Insulin. It is in its own tube. It is by itself. She ran my insulin. She explained to me Okay. This is coming from her. I'm not a doctor, big disclaimer. This is her information to me and everything I'm about to relay to you is what she relayed to me. Okay. She said that a healthy insulin is under 10 and there was, I, and I don't want to even say the number, but I'm going to, I, I'm just going to throw it out. It was in the high teens. She said that that insulin number would be pre-diabetic and then mid twenties would be diabetic. Okay. And I can't remember those two other numbers because they didn't really, um, they weren't, they didn't apply to me at the time. So my insulin came back after she ran it. What do you know? It was 14. And so I went back. I remember it was September 11th, um, for my follow-up appointment to get my information. And she says, you are insulin resistant. You have PCOS. Um, I can't, she said, I cannot give you a formal PCOS diagnosis because if you don't have irregular periods, but 
for all intents and purposes, we're treating you as if you do, because you basically do, you have every other symptom of it. So, um, I also definitely, um, I I feel like I missed a, a little bit of a part here, but, um, I'll go back. So around that time that I got engaged, I had actually gone off my birth control and I had been on birth control since I was 17 or 18. I was getting really, really tender boobs before my period. And like, I basically had tender boobs for three weeks and I had like one week of relief. And when I say they were tender, I mean, I couldn't even hug someone. It was so painful. So that's why I got put on. It totally helped. Um, and and I was good from there. So I started to, and I am a big believer in divine intervention. You'll hear me talk about it a lot. I just believe that the universe sends you signs and your intuition is never wrong. And you always kind of know what you need to do for yourself. So around that June, May, June time, I started to miss a lot of my birth control pills. Like I was always so diligent. I never missed a pill ever. And I, all of a sudden out of nowhere, I started missing pills. And then I started feeling like really nauseous. And I was always really nauseous if I'm being completely honest. Like I swear I have, have slash it doesn't happen to me as much anymore, but I used to be like what I thought was chronic nausea. Can't tell you how many pregnancy tests I took during that time because someone had convinced me I might be pregnant just because I was so nauseous. So, um, I, I was getting really nauseous even more so than usual. And I said, you know what? I have this weird feeling. I'm going to stop taking my birth control pill. So I stopped. Okay. And when I stopped that pill, I blew up and I didn't realize it because I wasn't getting on the scale during that time. Um, But I believe looking at pictures, I had to have put on 20, 25 pounds with from, from probably June to September. Um, I, I, I look significantly larger in my pictures from that time. And that is the only thing I have to go off because like I said, I was too scared of the scale and I wasn't getting on it. So, um, September, I get the diagnosis on September 11th, my birthday is September 13th. And she says, you know what? Um, and and she explains to me too, which I appreciated how I'm supposed to eat for this condition. She says, you need to follow a low carb diet, high protein. This is the book you should buy if you're listening and you wanna purchase it. It was, it's just called the insulin resistance diet book. I have it on my Instagram page. If you do wanna look, um, I think it's in my PCOS and insulin resistant highlight. Um, So I read that book. My main takeaways from that book were per meal, I could eat 15 grams of, and I discussed with her, we were going to call it net carb. And for me, I had to put my own spin on it for what was going to work for me. So for me, I did not include any fruits and vegetables in that counting. Okay. So 15 grams of net carb, as long as it was paired with at least seven grams of protein per meal. So that is how I ate Um, The only other thing that I really took away from that book was that I was going to need to follow a low glycemic index diet. So there are certain fruits, foods and fruits and vegetables that you do need to kind of stay away from. Of course, your enriched um, flour, sugar, and um, as far as fruits goes, um, there, there are fruits that have higher glycemic index, right? So they kind of like in the book did like stay away. Sometimes it's okay. And then like, you're good to go. So berries, of course, 
are good, you know, very low sugar. So I was good with all berries, melons, grapes were kind of in that, you know, middle area. And then watermelon and bananas were at the top. So those had the highest glycemic index. So I really stayed away from those for a long time. I have literally just started eating bananas again, very sparingly, um, from time to time, two years later, almost. Okay. So the other things were corn and potatoes, as far as like vegetables go of things to kind of like stay away from in the like intermediate, like, Hey, beware section. It was like beans, lentils, things like that. And then, um, of course your like green leafy stuff was, was in the bottom section of like, good to go. You can eat as much as you want. So that is, that is how I did it. I never counted a calorie. I never, nothing. That was my parameter. Those were my parameters. And I love a good rule. I love a rule of thumb. I've talked about it a lot. So those, that was my rule of thumb and I, and I ran with it. So Um, she says, you know, your birthday's this weekend. Don't worry about it. She goes, but on Monday, I want you to promise me you're going to start taking your metformin and you're going to start this diet change. Okay. When she put me on metformin, she warned me, she said, we're going to kind of taper you on. So you're going to start with 500, then a thousand, then 1500. And then she wanted me on 2000. Okay. I never ended up making it to 2000. By the time I was at 1500, I started feeling really really tired in the mid afternoon. She attributed it to the metformin. She told me to go down to a thousand. And so that's what I've done ever since. And I've been on a thousand milligrams pretty much the entire time. So, um, on September 14th, it was a Sunday. Um, again, I promised her on the 15th on that Monday that I would start. Um, I got a very tragic phone call from my sister. Um, I need to get there now type of thing. And my dad was dying. Okay. It was happening. It was for real this time. We had had a scare, um, about a month prior, but it was happening this time. And, um, so, um, (laughs) exhausted, emotional, um, really just overwhelmed. Oh, I think I might cry guys. Uh Oh, um, I, I sat at his bedside and I pretty much didn't leave except for to sleep. Um, And so I was going through this like process of, sorry, mourning like the loss of what was gonna happen in the next few days and what I had to sit there and watch. But then also go through this really emotional lifestyle change that if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't ready for. I'm sorry. And I swear on my life, if I got through that week, I could do anything after that. So I did it. Um, My dad passed away on a Wednesday, that Wednesday. So a couple of days later, and I stuck with it through everything. And I had a few friends that brought me food and were so sweet and like made stuff that they knew that I could eat. They made me like really beautiful salads and I stuck with it through that. And that's part of why I feel like I'm not an emotional eater because I genuinely think somebody with like an emotional eating problem, I don't think they would have made it through that sticking completely 100% with what, how I needed to eat, right? But regardless, I lost 11 pounds that week. And that was for me, 
the biggest sigh of relief of my life because it was finally like, oh my, it it, it had hit me. It was one thing for her to tell me that it wasn't my fault and that, you know, I, I had this condition and that was the cause of my weight gain. And it was the cause of my extreme hunger. And it was the cause of X, Y, Z, the acne, that all the things. Right. But then it was like another thing to be medicated and be like, Hey, let's try this and see if it works. And for the first time in my entire life, I mean, that 11 pounds in one week was everything that I needed to see to say, this wasn't your fault. It wasn't because you weren't trying hard enough. It wasn't because you don't love yourself enough. It was because you genuinely had something wrong and your body was just rejecting everything you were trying to do. And so it was really smooth sailing from there for me, for the most part. Um, I, I still, um, I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding through the next year, basically from there until today, but the reality is, is it's been pretty consistent. Last June, 2020, I stopped losing weight and it was like this really steady one to two pounds a week, one to two pounds a week, like really great. Like was very, very happy with like my progress and my losses. And then, um, last June, it it just stopped. I got to about two, 45 and I stayed at 245 basically until I went to see another doctor. Um, I went, I, I can't remember if it was January or February of this year, 2021. I went to a, a different doctor. I, I didn't have a PCP through all of this. It, I was just using my gyno as my PCP. And I was like, you know what? I gotta, I'm an adult. I gotta have a doctor. Right. So Um, I met a a woman at the gym. She was like, oh, I have what you have. And she referred me to her doctor. She was like, he's fantastic. And that's all I needed to hear, right? Somebody has what I have and they see him and they love him. Great, I'm going. So I started to see him. Um, This is the part that I'm a little bit more private about because I really, really don't like to disclose the medications that I'm on because it's just such a very personal journey. And um, I, I was just... I don't want anybody to feel like, I just, I don't want to have influence over anybody in that way. Okay. You know what you need to do. You know, you can go to the doctor. If you're not losing weight and something's wrong, go to your doctor. If you don't like your doctor, if your doctor's ignoring you, if you're not getting the answers, X, Y, Z, find a new doctor and advocate for yourself until somebody listens. Okay. So I went to this new doctor. He very much trusted and listened to me. He was like, let's try these couple of things. I think this will really help you. And I was unable to tolerate one of the medications. It was making me very, very sick. I was throwing up. So we did away with that one and I've remained on the other medication. And I was able to get to um, where kind of where I'm at now, which I'm really fluctuating between, between 228 and 231. But again, in the last eight to 10 weeks, I have remained at the exact same weight and I've just, it's, it's happening again. And I'm not going to let it go on for another year before I go back. Right. So I go back to him last week and I say, Hey, listen, I am not losing weight. I understand that during this time I went on a very long vacation. I gained eight pounds and he was like, well, let me stop you right there. He goes, you shouldn't be gaining eight pounds on vacation. Right. He said, how much weight did everybody else gain on vacation? I said, well, my husband gained two, my sister gained two, my brother-in-law gained none. And actually, now that you mention it, I was the only person that worked out on that trip. I mean, my husband came with me a couple of times, but 
I went by myself almost every single day and I worked out or I walked on the beach or both. And he was like, exactly. Okay. So he was like, your body metabolically, something is happening with you and we have got to figure it out. Okay. And it really just, again, it made me feel really good to be like, okay, it's, it's not me. It's not me because I think that's where we all go to, of course. Right. We don't have control over a lot of things in this life. What do we have control over what we put in our mouths and how we act and how we think and going to the gym. Like those are the things we have control over. And I was doing, I was doing those things. I am doing those things. I've continued to do those things. And so he says, um, I I got this really, again, weird feeling when I was in that office with him out of absolutely nowhere. I have never mentioned to a single one of my doctors, the situation that happened to me back when I was seven, I've never thought to just because they never found anything and nothing ever came from it. So I never thought it was relevant. And out of nowhere, I got this like really extreme tugging of like, you need to mention this to him. And so I said, yeah, I kind of feel like it might be my hormones, but you know what, now that I'm mentioning hormones, blah, blah, blah. And I explained to him what I explained to you in the beginning of this podcast about how, um, I had, uh, gone through that kind of puberty type of situation. And he was like, oh my gosh, he was like, this might be the missing link the missing piece of the puzzle. He goes, did you gain a lot of weight during that time or right after? I go, yeah, I did. I was like, I was a really thin kid. And then that happened and I wasn't. And he was like, okay. He was like, I would be willing to bet that this is exactly what we're going to see when we run your blood work. He goes, your testosterone, you probably drained yourself during that time like your hormones were so out of control and now you're left with like nothing. He goes, I'd be willing to bet your your testosterone is very, very low. He goes in women, if your testosterone is really low, that is a metabolism killer. Okay. He goes, you really want to be in this like really healthy mid range because if you have too much testosterone, that's an issue as well. So, um, He says, I think it could be that. And then he says, and I'm looking right here. I guess you had some sort of appointment through like our healthcare system years ago. And I see your T4, you know, your, your thyroid. He goes, your T4 is low. He goes, I'm going to rerun it to make sure. But if your T4 is low and your testosterone is low, the combination of those two things is a metabolism destroyer. You're not going to lose weight for nothing. Your body is holding onto that fat for dear life. He goes, once we get this fixed with, um, and I will say this, I don't know what medication, but I do know I'll be put on medication, um, and, um, injections, pellet injections, pellet hormone injections, not totally sure. We'll have more information for you later about that, but I will be getting some sort of injection with testosterone. Right. So he goes, if, if that, if that's what ends up happening, this is how I would treat it. And you will see your weight come off. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I pay for the blood work. I'm waiting for results. Um, I get a call last week, you know, Hey, come in. We're going to schedule your injection. I'm like, oh, so my results are here. The person I talked to wasn't able to give me much information. Um, but I ended up calling back today 
hence the emergency podcast. And I um, talked to his nurse who's fantastic. And she walked through it all with me. She goes, your T4 is low. Your testosterone is low. Your vitamin D is low and your B12 is super low. And I'm like, yeah, I already knew about the B12. I'm definitely have been told numerous times to do sublingual, but I'm just, honestly, I haven't gotten into a good routine with it. And I need to, I need to just suck it up. I'm pretty sure I even have it in my like drawer in my bathroom. So um, she was like, so that's what they're going to do. My appointment is tomorrow. Um, and she was like, he's probably going to talk to you about some sort of thyroid medication. He's going to talk to you about, um, or he's going to go ahead and do the injection on you. Um, and she was like, you're going to feel amazing. He did warn me. Um, cause I, of course, you know, you guys know, I'm so skeptical. I said, what, um, like are the side effects of this? And he was like, you know, really nothing terrible. He goes, the biggest thing is hair. Right. And I'm like, great. Cause I, he already knows I'm very hairy. I don't like how hairy I am. It's just something that is a personal preference for me. I don't like it. And I know some people aren't bothered by it. And I know that there are people that have it worse off than I do, but I, I've expressed to him in the past. I don't, I don't like my excess body hair. And so I'd already started getting laser hair removal through his office. He has a med spa side of his office as well. So it's completely separate, but kind of attached. So it's kind of, you know, easy for us to kind of work together on. He's like, it's fine. You're already going through laser hair removal. So, you know, you don't have to worry about it, um, but you are probably going to get some, a few more hairs pop up maybe on your chin or your neck. So it's fine. Nothing a little tweezer can't handle either. If it means that I'm going to feel better. So that is my full update on my health side, right? That is everything I know that is up to this point. That is the most current information. And that is really start to finish like what went on with me. So I really just wanted to share this because I don't really tell the full, full story that much because I mean, hello, how long have I been talking already? Probably like close to an hour. Um, it's a long story. So um, I wanted to share that here so that I could always reference it for the folks who ask me questions, which of course I get a ton of questions regarding this. And you guys know, I promise I'll be as open as I can with you about everything along this journey. Again, the area where it kind of gets hairy for me and I don't like to share is medication. I think that is totally up to you and your doctor. I think that every single person is different and, you know, just know I am medicated. That's all you need to know. Um, but now moving on to the second part of the conversation is the breast reduction update. Okay. So I had my appointment this morning. It went really, really well. Um, I walked away feeling really hopeful. And so the doctor that I saw is a, like, I kind of have like these things that I look for. Like, I don't want a doctor who's not busy at all, who has like all the time in the world. I want a doctor who's busy, line out the door. Everybody wants to see him, right? So he was very busy. His office was very busy. He was not able to spend a ton of time with me in the room, like answering questions and things like that. Um, he had to get to his other people, but he did have his assistant, shout out to Beth, um, in there. She was really awesome. She really took the time with me and like answered a lot of my questions and, um, really both of them encouraged me so much. So, um, if you're kind of wondering what to expect, I've only had one experience in this and I'll share it with you about, you know, kind of what's going to happen. So, um, they took down my information at the front. I went down into the back. Um, he came into the room while I still had all my clothes on. We chatted. He said, you know, Hey, what, what are you in here for? What do you want to do? I had said, well, I'm really in here for, you know, my boobs, 
Um, I, I'm thinking I probably need a reduction in a lift, but you tell me, I just kind of want to know what all you can do to help me feel my best. Because the reality is, is I don't feel my best in the body that I'm in right now due to what's happening on the front side of my body. The back side of me, actually, I feel great about, I don't care. I got thick thighs. I got skin that jiggles, doesn't bother me. It's fine. But what's happening on the front with my boobs being as a saggy as they are, but also as large as they are still, it really just is a hindrance to your life. And I don't think you can really grasp that or understand it unless you have it. Right. So I have these huge weights on my chest. And then in addition to that, I've got a stomach that gets in my way and is very hangy and is very, a lot of loose skin. Right. So, um, so he was like, okay, go ahead. We're going to get you a robe, go ahead and undress. And I'll come back in with Beth, my assistant, and we'll, we'll take a look and we'll let you know what we can do for you. So got undressed. Um, I left my underwear on in case anybody wants to know. Um, and I, I was um, topless in the robe with my underwear on. They came in. Um, he took a look at me. He did a couple measurements on my boobs. Um, he said, I am 1000% not just a candidate for this surgery, but also like, I need to have it. Um, and it was, um, it was really, I guess, reassuring. I mean, not that I didn't already know that he was going to say something along the lines of that, but, um, just to have him go, you know, you definitely need a reduction. You definitely need a lift. Um, and this is going to change your life. And he goes, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I know you didn't come in for this, but I really encourage you to also proceed forward with a tummy tuck. And I said, okay. I said, see, here's the thing. I said, I really, really desperately want one. I said, but I'm nervous about, I'm young. I just got married. I don't really want kids anytime soon. And I'm concerned about how that's going to, going to affect me getting pregnant and not getting pregnant, but just you know, my skin stretching back out or having these really deep, uncomfortable stretch marks. And he goes, no. He goes, that's not going to be an issue. He goes, there is a time frame, right? So you, I'm assuming he didn't go into a ton of detail about the time frame, but from, you know, what I can understand is your body takes like a full year to recover and to kind of fall into place after surgery like that. So I imagine that your skin needs time to like really heal and to mold into its new shape and to just be the way it is. Right. So he said that there would be a timeline on pregnancy, but that there would be no concern about me doing it before pregnancy. He said, yeah, you might need a revision down the line after all the kids and things like that, but wouldn't you rather feel your best and be your best self and have this like very limiting thing that's in your way out of your way so that you can, you know, live your happiest life. And I'm like, no, I mean, you're totally right. And they just really made me feel really comfortable with it. And I had expressed to them that like asking, do you have concerns about my size and how big I am now? And like I, I said, you know, another surgery center said they wouldn't talk to me unless I had a BMI under 30. And he was like, no, you know, I have no concern. I do. He was like, you are the like perfect candidate for this. He was like, you, I'm looking at you right now. You look like every weight loss patient I have come in here. He was like, your biggest issue is your skin. He's like, you've got a lot of skin and you, that skin isn't going anywhere. It doesn't matter how much weight you lose. It's not going to get better. So it's going to be really hard for you to see your results. It's going to be really hard for you to 
to, to move past it or to feel like you even are making progress when you have this type of as much skin as you have both on my boobs and on my stomach. And so, um, I was able to get my quote for surgery. I didn't put any sort of deposit down. I didn't make any commitments. I didn't do anything other than walk away feeling really reassured and feeling really like kind of just what I already knew. I mean, I knew that I had loose skin, but sometimes if I'm being honest, like it's hard to tell the difference between loose skin and fat. It looks very similar. I mean, they're definitely for me, I kind of knew because of the way that my skin kind of crepes up when I'm in like a natural position or when it's folded up in any sort of way, it, it definitely folds different than it ever did when it was just fat. Um, and so that's kind of how I knew that it was skin. And they basically said, anything you are able to pick up with your hand will be gone. Um, and, and you'll be, he said, you'll be proportionate. And that I think was what I needed because right now, when I look at my body, I don't feel proportionate. I feel like when you look at me from the front, I look really, you know, I'm a big girl. I'm always going to be a big girl. I look really like I work out. I look like I'm a healthy person. Like I'm very wide, but I look good. Okay. Listen, I'm just going to say it. I look damn good. But then when I turn around, I've got a very hangy stomach and I've got these really big boobs and they're just making me appear so much larger than I am right now. Right. So, um, I'm feeling really good just based on how confident him and his staff was that they do this all day, every day. They've been doing this for 20 years and they see people just like me and perform this exact procedure all the time. Like that's, I feel like what I needed to hear. Um, my goal is to maybe have this done at the end of the year. Um, my, my hope is that I'm going to get this injection. This is my perfect world. Are you ready? This is my manifestation. My hope is that I'm going to be able to go into that office tomorrow, get this injection, get medicated for my thyroid. And then I'm going to start actually seeing weight loss again. I'm going to start losing the weight that I should have been losing this whole time. And I'm hoping to get in my opinion, I don't know. I'm going to see where it takes me, but what I think I need is about 30 pounds. I'm hoping to get these last 30 off. I'm hoping to get myself to a good point to where I am re really ready for that surgery. Like I, and I need time to save for it regardless, um, because it's not cheap. Um, so my goal would be, all right, let's see if I can get this done by the end of the year. If not the end of the year, maybe early next year, because if I'm being honest, it's almost July, the end of the year is coming up. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, um, recovery. Um, so uh, let me kind of elaborate the tummy tuck he wants to do on me would be a skin only tummy tuck. He doesn't want to do any muscle repair or anything like that. Doesn't think it's necessary. And he, they said that that's really the tough recovery part of the surgery is when you have the muscle repair. Um, so they said that full recovery for me, I mean, not necessarily going back to working out and things like that, but a full, you know, back on my feet recovery would be two weeks for the surgery. So I'm thinking, okay, I can do two, two weeks is fine. You know what I mean? I can do that. Um, uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. So let's, if you're listening to this, if you made it this far, God bless you. And let's just throw a little good energy, some good vibes, a little juju out my way that, everything goes the way that I think it might slash that I want it to over the next few months and that my efforts and my hard work can show not only in my body composition, um, and you know, my skill level in the gym, but also on the scale where it really needs to show, because the reality is, is 
I'm still not getting clean blood work. I'm still getting high cholesterol. I'm still getting high insulin levels. Like it doesn't, I want these things to be fixed. And the only way to fix these things is by losing weight. Um, and maybe not for my cholesterol. Okay. We know could be genetic, could be whatever. I've had high cholesterol pretty much my whole life. Um, or for as long as I can remember being told, Hey, you need to lose weight. Cause your cholesterol not high enough to be put on medication though. Um, so that is where I'm at. That is my full update. That is my full backstory. I really, really hope that this helped you. If this helped you, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an Instagram message, or you can always shoot me an email. My email is jules at say yes to.co. I would really just love to hear maybe if you have your own story or if this resonated with you in any sort of way. Um, I really want to be transparent about everything as much as I can, because I wanted to know this stuff too. And I was in the beginning stages of my journey and I wanted to hear from people. And I was super invested in the girls who were further along than me to see, Hey, maybe that's where I'm going to be one day. And guess what? Not quitting and not giving up on myself when it got really fucking hard that paid off y'all. It did look where I am now. I might not look the way that I'm, you know, wanting to look, or I might not be really at my goal weight, but man, am I better off, man, am I in better shape, man, do I feel better, man, do I have more energy, and that stuff from what I'm told is only going to increase from here based on the findings of my blood work, so um, that's where I'm at, I really hope you guys um, enjoyed this, I hope this was helpful, um, there will not be another podcast on Friday, so sorry to disappoint if you're a Friday listener usually, but I wanted to get this information out to you, I wanted it to be in a place that I could send it easily if and when I ever needed to, and so that you guys could always reference back to it as well. So with that being said, everybody have a great rest of your Tuesday, take care, and I'll talk to you guys next Friday. Bye-bye.